Welcome to Forging Plowshares. We hope you enjoy this conversation and are challenged by it. Please stay tuned at the end of the podcast for a short message about our ministry. To understand Zizek, it is almost enough to take his humor and his jokes as a, a kind of guide. Um, there's a kind of serious business to his humor, and even in his cruel and, and most uh, crude humor, uh, the, the cruelty itself is, is really one aspect of it. Let me, I'll come to a few of uh, Zizek's jokes, or so-called jokes, in a minute, but let me suggest that what he's doing with the humor and what he's doing with his entire uh, psychoanalytic theory and how he's engaging theology are all of uh, a singular thing. Um, as he's described his project in terms of theology, it's how to extract the Christian notion of redemption from financial transaction logic. That is, that what you get in Anselmian uh, idea of divine satisfaction or in Calvin's penal substitution is a kind of payment system. But what he sees this as reflecting is also then the, the primary aspect to the human disease, and that is that the big other in some way reigns or rules and we we cannot get rid of the big other. And so for him to have Christian love, uh, in some way you have to uh, get rid of the big other. You have to, and this would be what he means by becoming an atheist. An atheist, not in the pop sense, you know, of Dawkins or the various uh, Hitchens or the, the various... Uh, notions of just denial of God. His point is that that's not actually getting at the root problem. And so he would claim that only a Christian can be a true atheist in that the God that they do not believe in, the thing that is being undone, is this picture of God as the big other, or if you would use Pauline terms of the law. Uh, the lawgiver, and so Paul's picture of dying to the law of, of, and coming into a personal relationship to God is the means of breaking the cycle of sinful passions that are aroused by the law. That is, the law both, both provokes and punishes simultaneously. And so the whole project is a kind of aiming at a symbolic death which suspends the big other. And the word suspension here is very important. Um, it is the word that Hegel identifies in Paul, you know, the German translation of Paul's picture of what is done to the law in Romans 6 to 7 uh, is this suspension. It's not abolition, uh, it's not an undoing, 
Uh, and so in some way this reality um, may not, you, you can't undo the reality of the law. You can't undo uh, this orientation any more than you could undo uh, the construct of the subject. So this is the manipulation of the symbolic law uh, that has, it dominates, it regulates our lives. And the point is that we have divisions within the subject um, that in one, on one hand uh, there is the subject of the law you know, the, between the, the ego and the, the symbolic or the uh, superego. And this then uh, is what gives rise to desire, which is sort of the life force, uh, so that he's compelled in Paul's language to do what he hates, to, to transgress the law and indulge in illicit jouissance, or the idea here in Lacan of jouissance is that this is always the an illicit desire. And he's wanting to, to use the term as pure evil. In other words, um, this is not simply desire, and he'll have another word that he used. But we need to divide this understanding of the self uh, from the self that can attain to a proper understanding of Christian love that can only be had through breaking the deadlock of the law. The law is giving rise to desire and transgression. And so his humor, his jokes, you know, think of um, Niels Bohr's the, the visitor coming uh, to Niels Bohr's house and seeing the horseshoe and you know says, well, Dr. Bohr, I never thought that a man of your great scientific learning would presume uh, or, or would be suspicious, uh, would, would be superstitious enough to believe in a lucky horseshoe. And Bohr's answer is, well, of course I don't believe it. But my understanding is that it works even if you don't do not believe it. That is that, and, and this gets at the function here. Whether the the law is understood as a benign or a, a, a something that is in in fact positive or as negative, it's something that you can't directly deal with. You can't engage it. Uh, that, that that belief or disbelief. Belief is never direct and disbelief is never direct. It is more holistic. It's more all-encompassing. So the, you know, if you take the, the joke is obviously that uh, at some level he believes in it, maybe in the same way that uh, Zizek's other illustration of the same thing is, you know, you go to, you have a Buddhist uh, prayer wheel that, uh, you just spin the, give the prayer or pin the, the prayer to a wheel and spin it and then you can uh, do something else. You can mean the, the wheel does the, the praying for you. Maybe this is the way that 
religious ritual or uh, think you know of any re- religion that the Catholic Church that the priest or the church may do your believing the sacraments may do your religious performance for you and you don't really need to directly be believe but the priest the institution the sacraments believe for you uh, it's the typical thing in Japan that when someone you know that, that we have some 80 90 percent of the people say they're non-religious and the same numbers practice the religion that in some way the belief reigns through the practices that do not require or in fact enable a kind of uh, secondary you know disavowal of the very thing that one is doing uh, doing I'm doing it but I'm not in the doing of it. I don't believe in the doing of it. I'm hanging the horseshoe, but uh, the horseshoe does it for me. One of uh, Zizek's jokes is the man who is afraid of chickens. He has a fear of chickens, and he eventually has to be institutionalized because he thinks he's a grain of corn and the chickens will eat him. And so after, you know, long therapy with the psychoanalysts, they eventually convince him that he's not a grain of corn. uh, You know, he has no fear of the chickens actually eating him. And so on the day that he leaves the hospital, uh, he goes out and immediately runs back in because he's encountered a chicken. And the doctor says, well, I thought we'd cured you, that you you know you're not a grain of corn. And the patient says, yes, but does the chicken know it? Um, same, same problem. That is that uh, there is an element here, there is a layer of understanding, there's a logic uh, that is almost inescapable that you can't address it directly. Um, and this is the way that the law functions. And so all of Zizek's theory, what Lacanian theory is attempting to do, is to suspend this punishing working of the law. Uh, God is, you know, the, the only part of the problem here. And in Zizek's understanding, I don't think that he has a view of God in which he could not be equated with the law. That um, for him, just the, the belief in God must be belief in the big other. And in this, he may miss, I think, the, uh, the, the New Testament understanding of the law. Or, or of, of who God is, and, and that God is then uh, above the law, that there is, a, a, in a Pauline theory, a suspension of the law, only through uh, being in the position of Christ. Um, that for Zizek, you cannot suspend, you know, you, you the subject himself is subject to a primordial deception in which God, the symbolic, the superego, plays a a particular role. And so as long as you believe in this other thing, this uh, in some way God is other, uh, there is no uh, escaping it. Um, 
the the picture of God, you know, is always a kind of perverse understanding for Zizek. Uh, the one of the stories he refers to often is Patricia's Highsmith's novel or story in which the babysitter sets fire to the house so that she can go in and rescue the children and be seen as the hero of the story. And of course that's very often in his picture of redemptive theories and what he's saying I'm desperately looking for is that Christianity cannot be reduced to this understanding of who God is or of this transaction logic. Um, so the only way for Zizek uh, to, to get rid of this is to, to be a true atheist and to be, a, as he calls himself, a Pauline materialist. Um, and even this, you know, even, and it's always questionable whether the law can be permanently suspended. He talks about the act, and the act is the focus of his political theory. But uh, the act uh, is itself then only, it can seemingly suspend the law only temporarily. Lacan will say, well, the only act that is enduring in significance is suicide itself, uh, which uh, that's the only way you can break free of this pervasive law. That, but to do that, you have to cease being a subject. And of course, that's part of the problem is the subject himself and, and Zizekian and Lacanian theory is a subject that posits his own being. You know, the subject is an effect that entirely posits its own cause. So that the the act in some way interferes in that, uh, but not in a, in a permanent way. And so the whole primordial, you know, uh, construct is a lie. There's a primordial lie that grounds the subject um, and this then is where Lacan and Zizek both find support in the Apostle Paul that their understanding of this uh, this lie that constitutes the subject is equated with sin. Uh, and so even with their picture of jouissance and desire, it's never entirely clear that you can dif differentiate between those two things. Um, that uh, every form of desire seems to be then capable of a kind of cruel jouissance. Of a, and jouissance here is the picture of an attempt at a kind of secondary enjoyment. And this may get at some of the more crude of uh, Zizek's humor, you know, his jokes about uh, that involve rape and and just very cruel things that the husband, you know, allowing the rape of his wife and the rapist commands him to to keep his testicles out of the dirt in the process and after the, the husband standing there grinning because he said, oh, I, I didn't keep them out of the dirt at all. 
it's it, the joke is is not a joke at all it's sickening you know it's it's and, and he means it that way he's not he's had to defend himself uh on on these certain things because but but what he's trying to illustrate in this crude cruel humor is the cruelty of the law that is that uh the, that the law here is the rapist the law is the one that would ravage us and all that we would get in turn would be the simple or you know uh, naive pleasure that we can manipulate it a little bit what we need to do in Zizek's understanding he never says at this point blank is to get rid of the rapist is to get rid of the law and so as I go through Zizek's theory, this picture of a cure, uh, there, there may not be uh, any kind of final cure uh, for Zizek, but I think we have a, a picture of the diagnosis of the disease uh, that we're being manipulated, we're being uh, maltreated and uh, we are our own worst enemies. We are participants. We are co-participants in this understanding where the lie has a grip on us and we are the perpetuators of the lie. Forging Plowshares is a community dedicated to cultivating the peaceful kingdom by providing in-depth, transformative biblical and theological education and discipleship. If you have been moved by this podcast, please remember to share on social media. If you would like to know more about Forging Plowshares, would like to contact us with questions, want to ask about how you can get involved, or for more information about how you can support this ministry, please go to our website at forgingplowshares.org.